right, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn why watching TV together is good for your relationship, why you don't hear your own footsteps, and how to schedule your day to be as productive as overachievers like Elon Musk and Bill Gates. Let's satisfy some curiosity on the award-winning Curiosity Daily. Planning on snuggling up for some Netflix this weekend? I've got some good news for you. Recent research suggests that watching TV with your partner could be good for your relationship. Ashley, what's the last show you watched with your BF? We're currently watching Man in the High Castle. It's a show about what would happen if the Nazis won the war. Oh. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's very dark. Wow. The last show I watched was Star Trek. Of course it was. Like the original Star Trek. Nice. It's hit or miss. Yeah. I tried watching the entire season of Next Generation and like the first episode is so bad. <laughs> like other ones are good, but man, it's like you cannot start that season from episode one. The first season of Next Generation is is a little hairy, but it gets so good after that. I think maybe I need to just like start on season three or something. I might, yeah, I might I recommend that. Yeah. Well, this research should be good news for you, no matter what you're watching with your significant other. In a recent study led by Dr. Sarah Gomillion, a team of researchers quizzed 259 college students on the details of their relationships. They'd all been dating for an extended period of time, about 16 months on average. The couples with the strongest relationships were the ones that had both a lot of friends in common and enjoyed a lot of the same media together. That part's not a big surprise. What was interesting is that sharing media had a much larger effect on couples who did not share a lot of friends. In other words, if you and your bae don't have the same tastes and friends, you'll bond a lot more closely over Rick and Morty. And partners didn't even need to be watching those TV shows or reading those books together to get the benefits. This means you might be able to bond by watching the same stuff even when you're in a long-distance relationship. Gomillion says that the reason is that that media might actually be taking the place of a friendship with flesh-and-blood people. That makes a lot of sense to us here at Curiosity. We've written before how you can build parasocial relationships, which are real relationships with fictional characters. And when you get to the end of a show you've binge-watched, it can feel like an actual breakup. The good news here is that even once that TV friendship ends, your real relationship might be stronger than ever. Today's episode is sponsored by Interior Define. Interior Define is an entirely new kind of furniture brand created specifically to make sofa shopping much more comfortable. Have you ever thought about how much time you actually spend on your sofa? All that time you spent watching, oh, I don't know, a TV show, for example? And what about everything else that happens on your sofa? Like those important heartfelt conversations and even eating dinner together. It's a pretty personal piece of furniture, really. Interior Defined believes your sofa is the most important piece in your home. Doesn't it make sense that such a personal piece be personalized for you? Interior Defined gets it. So they let you customize your perfect sofa from size and shape to fabrics, cushion type, and legs. Interior Define takes an inventory-free and online-first approach to bring you a design district shopping experience at a mass market price point. Plus, every order gets free delivery and a 365-day return policy. Get started with free swatches. That's right. You can order free swatches to see and feel fabrics in your home. Just visit interiordefine.com. There's nothing like a new sofa to reignite your relationship while catching up on your favorite TV show. So what are you waiting for? Visit interiordefined.com. One more time, that's interiordefined.com. Have you ever wondered why you don't hear your own footsteps? A recent neuroscience study discovered that's by design. Forget noise-canceling headphones. You've got a noise-canceling brain. 
Is there a way to noise cancel when someone else wears flip-flops? Oh, boy, I wish there was. I don't even like wearing them around the office because I feel self-conscious. <laughs> well, at least you hear it, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. No one's brain can cancel that out. And if it is canceling that out, then just stop it. Yeah. Scientists have known for a while that the brain can ignore certain sounds in its environment. In fact, it's essential for normal hearing. Hearing aids actually have to use filters to dampen background noise so people using them can better understand speech and distinguish other sounds. Without those filters, they just hear an unintelligible cacophony. Your brain has more information than a hearing aid, though, since it's also in charge of your body's own noise-making movements. That means it knows when to ignore footsteps, breathing sounds, and chewing noises, just to name a few. As for the sounds your dinner companions make, you're not so lucky. Even more important, your brain can predict when those sounds might happen so it can ignore them at the right moment. In a new study, researchers from Duke University and NYU recorded brain activity in rodents that were hooked up to an augmented reality system. The system played artificial footstep sounds while the mice ran on treadmills. After a few days of running and hearing the artificial footsteps, certain brain cells in each mouse's auditory cortex stopped responding to artificial tones from the augmented reality system, but only while they were running. The auditory cortex is the brain's hearing center, and this experiment showed the researchers just how precise the brain's motor center is about turning on noise-canceling neurons. They found that once the mice had learned this running sound, they actually became better at detecting other sounds while they ran. This better explains what might be happening in the human brain when you stop hearing your footsteps in gravel or your keys jangling in your pocket. But it also opens up a new avenue for exploring learning and memory. This research could help neuroscientists learn more about how memories are formed and even how they're used to predict the future. That's some noise I hope researchers don't cancel. Some of the most productive people on the planet, including Elon Musk and Bill Gates, used the same time management approach to take care of business. It's simple but hard to pull off. You've just got to schedule your day in five-minute chunks. Oh, is it that easy? It's just that easy. <laughs> like I mentioned, Elon Musk and Bill Gates do this, but former Fed chairman Alan Greenspan did something similar by scheduling his day into 15-minute chunks, a little less ambitious. On the flip side, entrepreneur Gary Vaynerchuk claims to plan his days down to the second. It's a popular approach, clearly, but should you try it yourself? Would you get as much done as Gates or Musk if you were just as intense about finding a slot in your calendar for every task? Author Peter Bregman says yes. He says you can make an infinite number of to-do lists, but schedules are finite. You've got to get real about what you can actually accomplish in the 168 hours you get every week. Filling every moment of your calendar pushes you to make tough calls about prioritization, and it also leaves you feeling more in control of your time. That being said, before you launch into a massive calendar overhaul, it's also important to understand the trade-offs of rigorous scheduling. The first danger is to your relationships. Elon Musk once told South by Southwest that he had to sacrifice a lot of family time with his kids with the rigorous scheduling. The second danger is that short-term productivity can come at the cost of less big-picture thinking. That's why Bill Gates famously needed to take what he called Think Weeks, to get away from his manic schedule at Microsoft and consider long-term trends. Oh, is that what normal people call vacations? <laughs> that is. I know you wouldn't know because you don't take them. I wouldn't. hi <laughs> But here's the bottom line. Scheduling your days more rigorously will help you get more done, but the best approach is the one that best suits your particular needs. On the plus side, you'll never need more than a couple five-minute chunks to listen to the award-winning Curiosity Daily, and that is the best approach for anyone's needs, if you ask me.
That's all for today, but here's a preview of what you can learn about on Curiosity.com this weekend. This weekend, you'll learn about a scientifically validated technique that can help you learn skills twice as fast, how to make a good first impression, where to find the most dangerous tea in the world, assuming you can survive the most dangerous hike, five unexpected things you didn't know climate change could do, why there are mirrors next to elevators, and more. Join us again Sunday on the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Have a great weekend. And stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.